Hey, good morning. I'm Charlie, the lead pastor here. It's good to be with you as um, we are in our series called Forgotten God, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been reading this book together in our small groups, been discussing these themes in, um, uh, on Sundays as well. It's been, it's been good. We've got, got one more week um, after this, and then we'll, we'll start a new series in March. Um, so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, make sure we're all kind of on the same page. The Holy Spirit, I mean, it, it is God, but it, it, it's God who comes to, to, to live inside you. And so the presence of God, actually God is inside you and becomes this kind of internal advocate for you to help you, to lead you, uh, to guide you, to really just kind of help you navigate everything that life is. And I was thinking about this today, I was thinking about this, um, I wouldn't call it my side gig because I don't get paid for it. It's really more of a, a volunteer job that I do, I guess, where I help people, um, friends of mine or whatever, when they, when they tell me that they're going to, to, to Disney World. Because our family, we've kind of become Disney World people. You know, we don't really have the resources to go every year, but we go about every three years. And I was calculating this, that um, over the last 15 years, I guess, portions or all of our family, we've gone uh, about six times over the last 15 years, and, and we love it. And anytime I bring this up, anytime I bring this up, I know that there's always just the, the haters, right? They're just like, oh, hey, I went there once. It was awful. It was terrible. It was all these things. It was crowded. It was crowded and lines and exhausting. I'll never go back. It's terrible. And you come back, you, like, you're, you're like, a, like the top evangelist for not Disney World, right? People, people, people like that. And, and I get it. I mean, I get it. I mean, there's, there's 10,000 people there, and it's, it's hot, and those lines can be long, but there's... there's getting straight to the front of the line. There's all these different things that you can do. And, and at one point during the trip, Heidi looks at me and she's like, how do, how do other people even how to do this? I mean, like, people don't even, people don't even know. He's like, and she was imagining, like, you see some of these people where they're obviously from, from Japan or whatever. It's like, they just, or they just, they just come over here and they just kind of walk up and be like, we're just, we're just getting on the first ride. You see, I would imagine that it's crazy and stressful and miserable because if you don't, know about all of these tricks and tools and, and, and the ways to kind of do this, I would imagine that it is an exhausting, miserable experience. And there's a metaphor there somewhere, right? Because I think a lot of times um, life can be like the worst parts of Disney World, right? There's a it's 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 overwhelming. I, I don't know what to do. I'm 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 crazy exhausted. And and I and I and, and I certainly do not walk away feeling like I I won, right? And so this happens to us just about every trip. And and I and I and I and I keep up with these stories because they just they bring me a little bit of sick pleasure, I guess. But 
Like, we're coming back this one time from Animal Kingdom, one of the parks, and we're sitting there on this bus, and my wife is getting chatted up by this other mom, and, and she's frustrated. She's like, we got here right when the park opened, she said, which is, which is problem number one. You've got to get there way before the park opens. But anyway, like we, got here, we, got here when the, we got here when the park opened, and she's like, and, I, and, and, and we rode three things all day. We were at the park all day, and we rode this, this, and this, and that's it. This is overwhelmed. And then she looks at my wife and says, what about you? And then you've just got a few choices here at this point. You can just inwardly gloat and just kind of pretend to empathize with them. You can try to, you can't really explain. You could try, I guess, explain our system. Or you can just like dominate them, which we don't do. That's not nice, right? And so she's just kind of nice. But like, like the thing that she said she rode once, we rode five times. This other thing she rode, she rode twice. We rode like 17 things that day. And I'm not exaggerating for, for effect. It, it, it's, it's real. And so we come back from that. We just had a great day. It was like, what a great day. We had to do everything we wanted to do. It was amazing. It was fun. It was awesome. And she's like... Holy Spirit will come, and He's going to guide you into all the truth, and He's going to lead you to help you understand and help you navigate everything in life so that you can experience real victory, real joy, real peace in life. We were never meant to be going through life as exhausted and overwhelmed as so many of us are. And so Paul (coughs) kind of pulls this out for us, kind of explains a little bit, Uh, more in depth, kind of how we can make this work. And it's in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. You're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, which is something some of us are are familiar with. And he's kind of describing kind of these two different approaches uh, to life. Galatians 5, we're going to start in verse 16. Verse 16. So I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So again, we're talking about the Spirit, and we're talking about God Himself who comes to live inside you. And so now he's using kind of a walking metaphor to describe kind of what life would be like. That you, you, know, you have the Spirit inside you to lead you. Now you need to walk. You need to live. You need to kind of take each step as the Spirit is kind of leading you. And so if you will do this, the result will be is that you're not going to gratify. You're not going to be going to do the things that the flesh wants you to do. And so then he describes this kind of thing, the difference between the Spirit and the flesh. And he's going to get into this into more detail 
And we talked about this before. If you've been here every week or you happen to be here for this particular week, we've talked about this before. But I know, first of all, that not everybody's here able to be here every week. And I think there are some things that are worth repeating, especially if they just kind of keep coming up, the more passages that you look at that talk about the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about this flesh versus the Spirit. And we'll describe it this way, that there's a spiritual war inside you. And I think that we can all agree to this. I think we all understand conceptually that there feels a lot of times like there is a spiritual battle going on inside of me. And it really kind of happens primarily in two different kinds of circumstances. It happens sometimes when we don't know what to do. I don't know what the right thing to do is here. It's, it, it's complicated. It's difficult. I'm uncertain. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know which way I should go. I don't know what the right thing to do is here. And you have all of these voices pulling you in all of these different directions. And there's this battle that's waging. But it's not always that. Often it is a situation where you know exactly what you're supposed to do. You're not confused about what right and wrong is. You're not having to con- you know, sometimes we have to ask for people's help and opinion and thoughts, say what's the right thing. Sometimes you just know, right? You know the right thing. And the battle is not for you to figure out the right thing to do. The battle is to are you actually going to do the thing, right? The, you know the right thing to do, and you're trying to figure out, do I really want to do it? Am I really going to do it? And so Paul's describing this battle. And he describes it, kind of the two sides, spirit and the flesh. And this is not an external battle where God's trying to pull you this way and, and, and Satan or bad influences are trying to pull you this way. This is an internal battle. But I think if we just be honest, your instincts often are pulling you in the wrong direction. And you are most often your own worst enemy. And I think the faster we can kind of come to this humble conclusion that in the battle uh, over me, I am, I'm, I'm on the wrong team, the more humbly we can come and, and recognize my dependent on the, dependence on the Spirit, I think the more quickly we will get to a point where we can live the kind of life that God is calling us to in the Spirit. So he continues on here in Galatians 5 and kind of describing a little bit more in depth uh, the battle between uh, the flesh and the Spirit. Verse 19, Galatians chapter 5. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit 
is love, joy, peace, forbearance. From here on out, we're just going to say patience because that was what was on all the cross stitches and pieces of paper when I grew up, okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So he's describing kind of these two different characteristics to kind of help you understand kind of which camp your life is currently falling into. He says, the acts of the flesh, they're obvious, and I believe that these kind of fall into a couple of different categories. The first category, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, drunkenness, orgies. What I'd like to describe these things, these are the things that we say, and sometimes we do things that we say, nothing's really bad as long as no one's getting hurt. As long as I'm not hurt in hurting anyone else, what I'm doing is okay. It's okay. But the reality of it is there's a lot of things that we do that aren't necessarily hurting anyone else but are hurting you. They're doing damage to you. They're doing damage to your very own soul. And, and, and these are these kinds of things. And I would like to kind of describe these things as the things that we use to self-medicate. When you are overwhelmed, when life is getting the best of you, when, when you are stressed, when you can't handle it anymore, when you're trying to navigate life and it's just not working, you know what, I'm, it's just too much for me. I'm now going to blank. Fill in the blank. Something that you do to kind of satisfy some longing or craving or to kind of medicate and cover up the pain of whatever it is you're particularly going through. I mean, he, he describes sexual activity here. He describes um, the overconsumption of alcohol. But there's other things that I think, again, the acts of the flesh that are obvious, these things that we do, addictions that we have, escapes that we make, where we think that I can medicate myself and make things better when really they don't work they never have worked they extend the pain they just kind of gloss over it for a little bit in the meanwhile my soul is decaying and this is what we do but then there's a second category here of stuff that he's talking about fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions envy these are all different words to describe what happens. Life is too much for me. And rather than kind of get in a pity party and self-medicate and escape, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it out on you because really it's not fair that I'm having to deal with this and you get that. How you know that the Holy Spirit is in you. This is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The evidence of the Holy Spirit in you is the inward character qualities that you show. So it's important for us here, and we talk about this, the fruit of the Spirit, and you know, and you have dish towels or whatever, and they have pears and apples and grapes on them, and each one of them has a little character quality attached to them. I, you know, I don't know how they decide you know, that grapes are joy or whatever. but Right? And so you know, it's fruit, and so we make fruit-themed stuff with it. But what is, what is the metaphor here? Am I clear this is a metaphor? And it's a metaphor, actually, that Jesus uses a lot when he's describing trees, and you're always the tree. He's like, you know, you know how, do you, how do you tell if a tree is bad or good? Well, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. That's how you know. Is, is I can't tell. You know, these guys weren't, you know, botanists or whatever. They were just kind of saying, hey, this tree, I mean, it's obviously not good and good because the, the apples are rotten, right? And so this is kind of what, what Jesus would say. And so fruit then becomes, you know, um, how you identify a particular tree. Jesus used it to identify whether or not it was a good tree or bad tree. That was his primary metaphor. Paul's like, this is how you tell what kind of tree it is. Is this an apple tree? I don't know. Let's wait and see. Uh, apples! 
That's how you, look, it's an apple tree because apples, right? That's how you identify what a tree is. Unless you're somebody who knows bark and leaves, and why would you do that, right? <laughs> apple tree is apple, right? But it's also, it's like, it's also the point of the tree. Like, what is the tree, what, like, what's the tree's goal, right? What, what is a tree? A tree's trying to be a tree. Well, a tree is, it's to bear fruit. That's, that's the ultimate end goal of the tree. And so, the fruit of the Spirit, this is the thing that identifies you, that shows you that you are of the Spirit. And it is also, it's, it's the end game. This is the, this is the final product. This is what I'm supposed to be producing, inward character qualities. And it's interesting to me that it doesn't say things like uh, giving money away, acts of service. It doesn't say those kinds of things. It just talks about the inward character qualities because the reality of it is those good things that one can do, I mean, those can be faked, right? I mean, you can, you can pretend and do the right thing, but what's going on inside you while you're doing whatever is the true measure of what's really going on in your heart. I may say the right thing to my wife to get out of a very difficult conversation. friend of mine who is in who's in prison right which theoretically then makes makes me a good person right if you go to to visit someone who is who has been sent to prison right so now i'm a good person right so and so i'm i'm, I'm in dallas and, and it's in fort worth and um, i pull it up on the old uh map app put in what i believe to be the name of this uh prison pops right up gives me the thing and so now i'm driving um on the interstates in dallas I don't know if you have any of you ever driven on the interstates of Dallas, but I'm already not um, uh, d- demonstrating inward character qualities. <laughs> and so I'm driving, I'm having a hard time, it's stressful, and I, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm finally getting there, and it seems like I'm, like I'm like five minutes out, and the next thing you know, I am in the entrance to a military base. And I'm like, this, uh, did I put in the wrong thing? I pull up, no, it's the right thing. And I'm looking at it, it's, like, it's, telling me, it's telling me I'm supposed to drive through here. And I was like, there's no way. This isn't a military prison. There, there's no way that this is right. But now I'm, in the, I'm, I'm on a one-way street into a military base. And so I pulled to the, to the guard, and obviously this has happened before. They were very gracious with me, but of course, no, you can't go through there. And now I'm frustrated because there, there was this time that I really thought that I needed to be there. And so now things are kind of building up in me as I'm here at the south entrance to this military base. And they say, if you'll go back this way, eventually your GPS will reset. And it just... It just wouldn't, it just kept telling me to U-turn. It's like, I'm not going to U-turn. I'm not going to U-turn. Just, I'm just, okay, finally it resets. And so, to the eastern entrance to the same military base. 
So I've come back this way. Oh, it resets again. And so they end up coming in clearly to the wrong entrance into this prison because there's not like a main gate, but there is this guard just kind of standing by himself at this really small gate. And I was like, I, maybe this guy can just help me. And I pull in, and I'm like, I, don't, I know I'm not at the right spot. It's been very frustrating. It's been a long time. I, I need to visit somebody. So can you tell me the prisoner's name? I, I give him prisoner's name. And he says, is that a guy? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, this is the women's prison. So apparently, and it's not like summer camp. It's not like they're right next to each other with a river in between them, right? <laughs> it's completely on the other side of Fort Worth, right? And so now it's another 30 minutes. And so now I am an hour and a half late to when I think I want to be there. Let me ask you this. By myself, windows rolled up. What kind of character qualities do you think are being demonstrated by me in this car? Who I am, where I was in that moment was demonstrated in that car with the windows rolled up. Theoretically doing this great thing, right? It's a great servant, good pastor. And then I just inside. And the reality of it is, I got there, again, I'm over an hour late. But it ended up being, in hindsight, the perfect time for me to get there. This was exactly the time I needed to get there. It would have been worse had I gotten there early. This was the perfect time for me to be there. It doesn't really matter why for the, for the purposes of this story. But it was, it, it was perfect. And so exactly what needed to happen happened. But I'm acting like a fool by myself in the car. Because I am depending on my flesh and not allowing the spirit to be a reality in me. And so then, I, and then, and then Paul describes this. Continues on in verse 24 of Galatians chapter 5. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And so what Paul's talking about here is like, say, listen, you live by the Spirit. This new life that you have in Jesus Christ it's something that the Holy Spirit did for you, and now the Holy Spirit lives inside you. So this is a spiritual reality for you, that the Holy Spirit is in you. So now what you need to do, since this is real, what you need to do is you need to keep in step with the Spirit. Since this is true, walk like it is true. And so we'll say it this way, that your life must reflect your spiritual reality. The reality of it is that God's Spirit lives in me. When I've given my life fully to Jesus Christ, embrace this free gift that He offers me through the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. When I accept that free gift given to me, His Spirit comes to live inside me. And now I am, as Paul describes in other passages, I'm the temple of God with the Spirit of God in me. That is who I am. Now live that way.
snacks and supplies and the water bottles and all the anything that we need I've got in this red backpack. And when we're doing this, when we're at Disney World, I'm, I'm, I would like to say one or two steps ahead of everybody in the family, but let's say this is okay. Sometimes it's more than one or two steps, right? I'm, I'm, I'm heading out. I know where we're going. I've put the plan together. I've done all the work. I know how this goes. I know everybody's going this way. Some people are going that way. We're going this way. I know it's like we're going this way, and we've got to get there quick because you, you, can't just, you, can't just, you can't just piddle around in a crowd of 10,000 people. You gotta, you gotta, sometimes you've got to put the backpack like, like this, right? right? And so we're going. And behind me, what happens is my wife is telling the girls who have been of varying ages over the last 15 years, girls, I, I, just, just follow the red backpack. Just follow the red backpack. In a, sea, you can't, in a sea of people, you can't see that backpack. Girls, just follow the red backpack. Follow the red backpack. They don't know what ride we're going to. They don't know what show we're going to. They don't know when we're going to eat. They don't know any of these things. But they, here's what they know. I follow that red backpack, we're going to end up someplace awesome. Because the guy who's done all the work, who knows how all this works, who has shown time and time again, trip after trip, year after year, if I follow the red backpack, I'm going to end up exactly where I want to be doing something better than I thought was possible. It gets us through airports. It gets us through everywhere that we need to go. The backpack knows where we're going. I don't have to worry about it. And if I worried about it, I might have been in the wrong place. But when I follow that backpack, I end up at the best place. Again, there's a, there's a metaphor there somewhere, right? Where the designer and creator of you and the designer and creator of this life who has already done all of the work. I'm just going to follow. I'm just going to follow. And where God's Spirit will take me is better than all of the places I've been. Becoming someone better than I've ever been. Not someone who just occasionally does the right thing, but someone who has the right heart. Who loves... You know, over time, it becomes easy. It's a natural instinct for my kids in crowded situations, in a theme parks all over the world, crowded airports. It's an instinct. I look up, I see the red backpack, and I follow. That behavior is learned over time through experience, through practice, through a relational connection. And so I say follow the Spirit, it's the same thing. 
And so what we need to do is we just need to quiet ourselves. Even as we're singing loudly, in here I'm being quiet. And I'm giving God this opportunity to say to me, yeah, what he's talking about, that's right. Listen to me, and I will help you be victorious. I will help you experience the things, have these qualities and experience life in a new way. And, and you hear him, and he leads you, and he takes you that next step, and then you begin to trust, and now you know and experience what it means to keep in step. So let's just practice a little inward silence, a little bit of listening for God's Spirit, and let's, let's just pray for each other that God will help show us what it means to keep in step with the Spirit. As always, there's plenty of ways for you to kind of spiritually respond in the back. The prayer team is there if you need some encouragement or any prayer. Um, there's, there's communion available. There's prayer candles. You can pray at the cross. You can worship where we are. We're going to have an opportunity to give. But let's just be praying and trying to experience and hear what it means to really keep in step with the Spirit so He can take us places maybe we've never been. Let's pray. <coughs> God, I thank You. God, I thank You that You did not leave us alone in a crowd, in a huge line, in 100-degree weather, not knowing where to go, what to do. But God, no matter what metaphor we use for kind of the, the, the worst and the hardest parts of life, God, you did not leave us alone. You've given us your spirit to lead and to guide us in every moment, to take us where we need to go and so that we can become who we need to be. And so God, I pray that we would learn what it means to listen and what it means to keep in step with your spirit. And God, we thank you for your son Jesus.